ராம்னவமி Tamil New Year, Vishu, Aradhana Day, Ishwarama Day, well, it goes on. There is not a dull moment in Prashantanilam. It is always pulsating with devotional and spiritual fervor and it is only increasing every passing day, every passing festival, every passing month. And as I was sitting in the Sai Kurvanth Hall on the day of Holi, my memory suddenly went back to the Holi Day of the previous year. in 2017 something really shocking had happened on the holy day in 2017 it was a day you didn't know whether to cry or to celebrate you didn't know whether to grieve or rejoice you just became silent your heart had become like sponge you didn't know what else to do but to just absorb just witness everything that was unfolding your heart had become supple you just went with the flow of the events you had no clue you had no choice what was destined was happening so many hearts broke down so many were stunned to silence so many just could not control their tears so many just could not stop chanting his name it was a day when bhagwan chose to call one of his dear most devotees dear most servitors back to him it was the day when a diamond of a devotee finally annihilated her mind and became one with the universal spirit it was the day when a rare gem of a bhakta handpicked by bhagwan to do his work when the time was up had merged back into timelessness it was the day when mrs ratanlal bid goodbye to the sai fraternity to humanity not many know about her only those who have seen or worked with bhagwan at close quarters possibly would have interacted with her or seen her or even probably would recognize her that is how silent she was even though she was the one who was looking after bhagwan almost like how mother ishwarama looked after swami after the divine mother left her mortal coil In fact Mother Ishwarama left this earth in May 1972 and quite significantly just a few months prior to this Swami orchestrates the events in such a way that Mrs Ratanlal begins to cook for him and from then on she continued to look after Bhagwan's kitchen 
still Bhagwan was in his earthly form and Mrs. Ratanlal did not do just that. She was such a dynamic, resourceful, committed, intelligent and most importantly such a pure soul that she indeed was the chosen one picked by Bhagwan for numerous tasks. She did everything behind the scenes, be it setting up of the printing press for Sanatan Sarthi, organizing Swami's trip to Kashmir in 1980, traveling with Swami on almost every trip since the 70s and doing a million things in the background so that Swami stays comfortable and all the guests and students with Swami are well taken care of, be it Prindavan, be it Kodekanal, be it Madurai, be it Chennai or be it setting up the college library in Prindavan, looking after the needs of Sai Gita, facilitating many high-profile devotees and individuals from the elite circles of Mumbai and Delhi to make their trips to Prashantanilam and be touched and transformed by his love. And of course, there are so many lives she touched, so many needy, so many distressed, so many who needed some help and silently she went all out to do whatever she can and she was such a fantastic and silent Sai worker. I mean, that is the mark of a Sai worker, to be silent, to do everything for Sai silently. That is how his instrument should be and that is how Mrs. Ratanlal's life was. Always attributing everything to the divine, never thinking of herself or her needs, never concerned about her comforts, sacrificing whatever she had, whatever she was gifted with, whatever she was endowed with, without a slightest hesitation when it came to Swami, when it came to his physical well-being, when it came to doing something for his mission. The Sai world lost a fantastic role model on March 12, 2017. Just like Swami in the earlier era had created a Radha, a Meera, Swami continuously shaped and created so many such souls and He is doing that even now. Many times we would never know of them. We would hardly know of these souls and Mrs. Ratanlal belongs to that legion of stalwart servitors of the Lord. She was such a light who finally became one with the light. A devotee's journey, Swami says, starts with the light is in me and it moves on to I am in the light and ultimately everyone comes to the stage of I am the light. I would like to share today something about her journey, about how Swami created this diamond of a devotee out of an earthly diamond through this process of transformation. There is so much to learn from her relationship with Bhagwan. So we will pick these lessons as we ruminate on her life. And as we do this, we will analyze this through this prism of this light framework that every devotee has to pass. I am in the light. The light is in me. And I am the light. I cannot but remind myself of that very beautiful bhajan which is all about beseeching the Lord to kindle that light in us. I'm 
So today in this episode of Outside, Inside, Deep Inside, let's take this opportunity to dwell on the life of this diamond of a devotee, Mrs. Ratanlal, and see how this Antar Jyoti was lit in her by Bhagwan. And before I share with you about her initial days, how she came to the fold, let me narrate you how Swami made it very clear to her that she indeed is the chosen one. I remember when Swami saw Professor Kasturi for the first time in Bangalore. In that initial moment itself, Swami told him, You are going to write my biography. Be ready. And Professor Kasturi was completely stupefied. He was absolutely clueless. He had no idea who the Sai Baba is, what is his plan, what is his objective, what is he supposed to do, why is he meeting him. He had absolutely no understanding anything about Swami or himself or his mission and out of the blue Swami comes and tells you are going to write my biography and he's wondering why should I do it first of all a biography be written about him and why of all the people in the world me this is the state that Professor Kasturi was but but Swami was making it so clear in that first encounter itself that you are the chosen one and you have a very very important role to play in the Sai Avatar. And I would say a similar thing happened with Mrs. Ratanlan too. Though it did not happen in the first encounter, it did happen in the initial years of her knowing and discovering Bhagwan. So this happened in 1971. It was the month of December. The India-Pakistan war was on and the country was in a turmoil. There were repercussions of this everywhere, in every city, in every state of India. There was curfew, there was lockouts. So... Swami's birthday celebration happened as usual in November 1971 and after that Bhagwan was leaving for Bandavan and Swami asked Mr. and Mrs. Ratanlal who also were there during the birthday celebrations to not leave for Mumbai. Swami told Mr. Ratanlal, see look at uh, your wife, she's got fever and uh, why do you want to take her to Mumbai? She's not so well. Why don't you leave her? I will look after her and I will take her to Pandavan and you know she will restore her health will become good. So that's how Swami asks Mr. Ratanlal to leave for Mumbai and Mrs. Ratanlal stays back with Swami. And in two days Swami goes to Brindavan and they are supposed to leave for 
Chennai after a few days because the fifth All India Conference of Satisai Samitis was supposed to be held at Chennai. That was scheduled on December 22nd. And once Bhagwan left to Brindavan, that is when the turmoil of the war started. So the entire country was in a difficult phase. And in the ashram, not many people were aware of what was happening. In those days, communication facilities were obviously not as good. But because Bangalore was very close, Brindavan was very close to the Hindustan Aeronautics Limited factories and HAL, the Hindustan Aeronautics Limited, prepared this MiG engine. So it was a defense establishment and it was a target for the enemy forces. So in that area, there was curfew and everything used to be blacked out by 4.35 o'clock in the evening, so no one can step out. So there were all these restrictions for movements in Prindavan. And at that point in time, Bhagwan used to finish his darshan much before 4.30. But one thing that happened was, Swami used to spend a lot of time inside now that the devotees used to disperse much in advance. But one not so nice thing of the repercussion of this war was, there was one family who were staying 4-5 kilometers away from Vrindavan, who used to send dinner for Bhagwan. In fact, they used to send food all the three times, breakfast, lunch, tiffin and dinner. But for some reason, they did not send the dinner for one night, possibly because of the restrictions in the movement on the streets. Now, this did not happen for one night. And the people who were staying with Swami, like Mrs. Ratanlal and Professor Gokak, who later on became the first Vice-Chancellor, of Sri Satisai Institute of Higher Learning. So there were a few people who used to look after the Brindavan, like Mr. Ramabrahman, who used to look after the Brindavan Ashram. A few people who stayed with Bhagwan in the bungalow, old bungalow, Bhagwan's residence. So there was no food for them on the first night of this war turbulence. And the same thing happened on the second night. So Swami used to have no meals in the night. And it was not only Swami, it was the same for all the people who were with Bhagwan. And Swami never talked about it. Swami never complained about it. All the people, when Swami himself did not have food, so what can they say? So there was no discussion about it. And Swami used to spend a lot of time inside with Professor Gokak and Mr. Ratanlal. And she used to say how they used to sit for hours at Bhagwan's feet and discuss so many spiritual topics. So this continued for the third day, for the fourth day. And that is when Mrs. Ratanlal felt, oh my God, what is happening? Why can't that family arrange to send the food before 4.30? Why can't they do some arrangement? For four days, Swami has not had dinner. And on the morning of the fifth day, she just could not control herself. She was thinking that they will do something, they will do, but nothing was happening. And so she goes to Swami and she's thinking, can I do something? And she's constantly worried, but she's not someone who can cook South Indian food. So she was constantly thinking, what shall I do? What shall I do? Should I ask Swami? But she knows only North Indian cooking. She, she knew to make a little bit of sambar because Swami had visited Mumbai two, three years ago in 66, 67. So that's when she had learned to make a little bit of sambar. That's the only South Indian dish she knew. And her cook was also not with her. Her cook was in Mumbai. And... So she just could not control herself. And so one day when Bhagwan on that fifth day, when suddenly Swami looked at her and Swami asked, Amy Samacharam, what is the news? It's a casual way to begin a conversation. But she felt that was a very good opportunity. You know, Swami was willing to listen something from her that was basically a permission for her to speak and pour out her problem. So she got up and she said, Swami, I'm really worried. Swami, you have not had food for the last four nights. 
I'm not saying this because we didn't have food. Swami, you have not had anything and that is really bothering Swami. And Swami just looked at her. It was coming with so much of sincerity from our heart perhaps. And Swami just looked at her with so much of love. And then Swami said, he didn't say anything actually. But there was something in his eyes. And Mrs. Ratanlal then prayed to Bhagwan, and she said, Swami, I know how to cook. If you please give me permission. And the moment she said this, Swami very sweetly said, I have been waiting for you to ask me this. Go, start cooking. I have been waiting for you to ask me. That is how eager the Lord was to be served by this chosen servitor that he had picked. Just like he had picked one Ishwarama, he had picked one Ramabrahmam, he had picked one Pedavankaparaju, you know, he had picked up one Mrs. Ratanlal who will look after his physical needs. And so that day she made alu gobi for dinner and you know she tried to make it in a different way, not the traditional Punjabi North Indian style. She made two dal and she cooked food for all the residents of the house. She remembers how she had made food for Ramabrahmam, Rajareddy, Murali, the another person who used to look after Bhagwan. And she remembers she made forty rotis and she thought that would be enough for all the people, assuming that each one would eat two rotis. But all the five people had finished everything that she had made and she had to quickly go back to the kitchen and start cooking again. And in those days, you did not have the cooking gas that you have now. So she had to do it with the kerosene pump stove and she quickly made potatoes, sprinkled salt and she made food for all the rest of the people who missed eating with Bhagwan. So that's what she did for that fifth night. And then she did not cook anything for breakfast the next morning because the food was coming from this family. But when Bhagwan went to the dining hall that morning, Swami looked at her and Swami said, you didn't make anything? And uh, she said, Swami, food was anyway coming. These people are sending. And she said, Swami, I don't know to make this idli, vada, upma, dosa. So all the South Indian items, I don't know. Then she said, Swami, but I can make puris. I can make puris. I can make chapatis. I can make samosas. I can make bhajis. All these North Indian dishes. And when Swami heard that, Swami asked, So you can make puris? She said, Yes, Swami, I can make puris. Shall I make puris? And Swami says, Yes, yes, make puris. Make puris from tomorrow. So this is what happened during breakfast. And she didn't make anything for lunch because again, you know, lunch was coming from this family. And again during lunch, Swami asked, You didn't make anything? And she just kept quiet and Swami said, no, no, you should try, try making something. And Swami didn't stop there. Swami got up, Swami came to the kitchen and Swami taught her how to make dal. Swami said, see, this is how you have to make dal. Boil the dal first, mix these ingredients. He showed the masalas and you fry the masala and when it's ready, you know, garnish the dal. How you do seasoning and she didn't know what this seasoning. And Swami is looking at her. See, this is how you do it. When the food is ready, you put something. You take uh, the ghee or oil and then on that you put the spices, uh, fenugreek, cumin, mustard seeds and dry chili. And, and that's how you do that seasoning which is called bagar. She didn't understand. Swami used the Marathi word. I said, yeah, yeah, do it that way, do it that way. And so fry the spices and then do the seasoning. And next day, Swami asked her to make rasam. And again, she did not know how to make. She didn't know the recipe. And Swami goes to the kitchen. Swami gives her instructions. Swami guides her every step of the way. In fact, this reminds me of how Swami used to narrate as a child, Swami used to make rasam. And Swami's grandfather, Kondamaraj, used to be so fond of Swami's rasam. In fact, 
it had such healing properties and the whole village swami used to say you know used to line up in front of that hut where swami used to stay with kondamar raju to taste that rasam it was so heavenly the rasam that bhagwan had made in fact so swami was teaching her now how to make rasam so boil like this mash the spices like this roast the masalas like this and you know then put everything in the oil and so on so that is how swami taught her how to make sambar how to make rasam how to make dal and that is how she started making everything to swami's taste and she brought in her knowledge of north indian so there was very beautiful convergence of south indian and north indian so she had everything she had all the repertoire of recipes in her head now to make not only for bhagwan but to make for everyone who was eating with bhagwan and that is how she became a part of bhagwan's entourage became a part of bhagwan's daily life and she slowly set up her system so she would ask her staff her driver to go to the city at 12 o'clock and bring everything by 2 pm you know in those days it was so difficult you didn't have much transport facilities made her own arrangement so that no one ever had any clue of how the material was coming and how she was making the arrangements for doing all this preparation but everything she used to do without telling anyone and as quietly as discreetly as possible just how swami would want it so this is how she became part of bhagwan's life and since then for 40 years she was completely committed to swami's physical well-being apart from other things this is how she got her definite role in swami's mission and how swami prepared her for this how he pulled her how he stunned her how he satisfied her soul that is another interesting story so that goes back to few years prior to this so in 1966 swami was scheduled to come to mumbai at that particular visit swami was to stay in the house of mr pk savant and mr pk savant was the former chief minister of maharashtra and very respectable figure and later on mr savant actually became the first chairman of the shirdi sansthan trust so he was someone who was very deeply devoted to shirdi sai and later on of course bhagwan through amazing instances of his omniscience and omnipotence gave him that conviction how both the sides are one so this was a period when he was also slowly coming to bhagwan's fold and swami was supposed to stay in his house in 1966 at that point in time mr ratan lal was a chief of the congress party in maharashtra he was a very influential politician there in maharashtra and there was a meeting arranged in the shanmukhananda hall so mr ratan lal and uh, mr savan they were all very close friends because they were all part of that political elite circle so there are some common friends who called up to mrs ratan lal and said you know what there is this baba coming and we want to see this baba can you get us some passes because they tried to get some passes to mr savan's house but they could not manage to get any of them and but they were very deeply devoted to bhagwan mr and mrs atal so they call up uh, mrs ratanlal and says can you somehow get passes because they knew that mrs ratanlal was uh, someone uh, who was not only the wife of mr ratanlal but also she was an active social worker she was a very established business woman she had her own boutique had a jewelry business expensive clothes business so she had her own way of getting things done apart from this she also was a very dynamic social worker so she had so many institutions and where she was supporting the cancer patients supporting orphan children supporting women 
so she was someone who was very very active in the social circle she was known as someone who can get things done so they call up mrs ratanlal and says you know we try to get passes from mr savan but uh, he says there are no passes but you know can you somehow get us passes and since mr and mrs atal were very close friends and uh, mr atal was then working in the union bank and they had three daughters and uh, one niece so they wanted six passes and mrs ratanlal thought okay if, if mr and mrs atal want to see this baba maybe he is someone special maybe i should also go so when her husband comes from office that uh, evening she says you know what i want 10 passes from mr savant the husband says why 10 he says you know mr and mrs atal need six and then we are four uh, you me and uh, she wanted to take her sister in law and her niece because her niece was born blind and he thought okay if there is a baba coming god knows maybe if he can do something for uh, this child so she says i want 10 passes and mr ratanlal says okay fine you give it a try i will take you to mr savan's house and after that it is up to you if you can convince him to give you the passes so that is how they go to mr savan's house and when she says that i want 10 passes and mr savan says what are you talking i mean it is not possible there is not so much place and there are already so many guests so it's just not possible and she says no how can you do this mr savan i mean these are such committed devotees they are so desperate to see swami mr and mrs atal i have known them for so many years and you know you can't do this and then i have this blind child baba's grace is so much needed on both these families you cannot deny us this and she goes on until she has her way and finally she did manage she manages to get 10 passes from mr savant and only then she leaves uh, that premises so that is how she gets her work done so on 6th june 1966 that is when swami was scheduled to come and uh, her her office was near mr savan's place her office and her shop and boutique and all that so as she was going for lunch that day swami was supposed to come later in the day and she saw that there's already a crowd there and this crowd was sitting uh, in shayadri lawn now this lawn was adjacent to mr savan's uh, house because there was not so much space in savan's lawn so many people were waiting here and uh, when she saw all these people waiting for bhagwan in the hot sun it was in the afternoon something prompted her to do something to help these people so she went to her office and she brought four buckets of water with ice uh, lemon squash orange squash so she made this drink and she just on her own started serving all these people she just felt that you know these people must be tired they are waiting for bhagwan no one knows when he is going to come so she started serving them So that is how the afternoon uh, went on and then it was evening and there was no sign of Swami coming and then the news comes that uh, Swami is still in Thane at 9 o'clock in the night they get a message that Swami is still one hour away and the people are waiting all afternoon they would not move and there was police bandobast and all that so they would not even allow them to go inside a savant's house the savant's lawn but seeing the plight of the people and the eagerness with which they were waiting for this baba and given her influential position mrs ratanlal now she says no no we have to get into savant's lawn and that's how she just leads these people and they all just go and Uh, assemble in savant's lawn and no one can stop them everyone is now waiting for bhagwan and uh, the problem with mrs ratanlal's health at that point in time was that she was a very bad patient of ulcer so if, if she didn't have anything for long you know, then she used to have a lot of complications with her stomach and so a friend who knew that she said um, anyway swami is going to take one more hour baba is not going to come now why to come my house is just across 
you can just have some drink have some cold milk it will help you to get rid of your problem otherwise it's going to be very difficult we don't know when he's going to come how long he's going to take and all that so both of them leave uh, the lawns and they go to this devotee's house or this friend's house and there after she had the drink and she makes some dinner and so they have the dinner and uh, they have a little bit of a chat and by the time they return to her utter astonishment swami has come and swami has already retired he entered mr savan's house he had his dinner and retired and this was very shocking to mrs ratanlal she felt how can swami do this she felt this baba is very funny people are waiting here for so many hours and he just comes and he disappears into the house how can he do this this is not fair and he says no no this is not on he has to come out and he has to give darshan so she says all the people that you know we are not going to move from here and we are going to do bhajans and she was a very good singer in those days she came from a background where bhajans was common she was originally from lahore before the partition days so in their house at that point in time in her childhood her parents used to welcome all the saints and sages in fact many of those uh, reputed saints they are called mahamandaleshwars of haridwar and of alabad they used to stay in her huge home for 6 months and and hundreds sadhus used to stay actually they had a huge compound and his father used to feed them they used to have satsangs ramayana katha bhagavat katha bhagavad gita parayanam she was very used to all this and she used to sing very well bhajans and kirtans so she said that we are not going to move from here the baba has to come out and give darshan we have been waiting for so long so from 9:30 to 11:30 they start bhajan and they continue that bhajan and she was the loud singer you know she was singing so vociferously and one bhajan after another she goes on singing she goes on singing and you know the bhajans are just increasing in tempo shankha chakra pitambar dhari karuna sagar ram murari bhajans just go on
सो दिस इज हाउ द भजन गो ऑन एंड ऑन एंड ऑन एंड सडनली एट लेवन थर्टी इन द नाइट द बालकनी ओपन इट इज पिच डार्क एंड दे कुड सी स्वामी स्वामी एक्चुअली अपियर्स इलेवन थर्टी मिडल ऑफ द नाइट स्वामी अपियर्स एंड द मोमेंट स्वामी सीज ऑल पीपल डूइंग भजन विद सो मच ऑफ रेफरेंस एंड सो मच ऑफ डिवोशनल फर्वर स्वामी सो मूव एंड स्वामी सेस सी इट इज वेरी लेट प्लीज गो होम यू कम बैक एट सेवन ओ क्लॉक इन द मॉर्निंग टूमोरो आई विल स्पीक टू यू एंड स्वामी सेस दिस विज सो मच लव विद सो मच स्वीटनेस एंड एज स्वामी सेस दिस एज मिसेज रतन लाल इज लुकिंग एट भगवान समथिंग वेरी वेरी फनॉमिनल हैपन्स एज शी इज लुकिंग एट स्वामी and you know this chanting is going on bhajans are going on narayan 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 so she is singing narayan 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 and suddenly she sees this disc this chakra a big golden disc she says it was almost like bigger than the sun it a huge disc it just flows from bhagwan's face from bhagwan's being from that balcony and it just comes and it just envelops her it just fills her being and she didn't know what is happening and she just shouting only narayan 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 she just singing narayan narayan and a part of narayan just goes into her being and she says that did something so life transforming to her somehow she felt that something that the soul was seeking was finally given to her and that experience touched her so deeply that she was in a different world she came back home swami left and when she came back she just could not control herself about what she had witnessed what that vision had done to her and she woke her husband up she wanted to tell him what she had seen and when she tried to tell him you know what i saw god i had god's darshan today and her husband who was sleepy and you know who felt that what is all this she's talking like a mad person her husband said you know what you look at your face you're so sweaty there's something wrong with you you just go wash up and sleep don't disturb and she was even more irritated she was very very disturbed I mean, because her husband never understood what she was trying to communicate she had had such a profound experience and her husband was dismissing everything so carelessly she gets upset and she just takes her pillow and her bed sheet and she goes to the puja room her whole house was air conditioned in those days so she goes to the puja room in her puja room she had ganesha radha krishna jagadamba devi surya bhrigu rishi she had a deep connection with this bhrigu rishi and hanuman so she goes there and she just keeps thinking about that vision and she's not able to sleep because that whole moment of filling yourself with that light had just come into her that light had just penetrated her being so she just could not sleep she woke up at 2:30 in those days she used to do puja for 2 hours because she would bathe her uh, idols she would change their clothes and it had a very elaborate or systematic puja that she did every day for 2 hours and so she just got up at 2:30 because the next morning swami was supposed to give darshan at 7 o'clock and she wanted to be there by 5:36 so she wanted to finish her puja early so she got up at 2:30 and by 5 o'clock she had finished her puja and she asked for a driver by 6 o'clock she wanted to be there so she got her niece and she got a sister-in-law 
because of who she was given a chance to sit in the front row in Savan's house so bhagwan came sharp at 7 and when she saw swami that morning as the door opened and swami emerged she was so taken in she said oh my god he's so adorable she is so petite is so young he's so delicate because in her mind she had seen so many saints and sages and holy men and they were all so big personalities they all had big tummies they all like ganesha like uh, figures you know all these people they had big beard and her imagery of a holy man was so different and here was swami who was so so beautiful and he was so cute and that aura was so soothing and she was someone who was like i just wanted to hug him i mean he was so so calming and you know you connected with him he was almost like my child that's what she said I, that's what i felt if there was no one she would have just gone and hugged swami and that when she saw that swami she somehow knew that he is meant for her and she is meant for him she somehow felt that you know there was one deep connection be- between her and swami and as swami came out and there were all these people around and uh, in those days there was no concept of seva there were no volunteers so all these people were trying to you know get swami's attention and and they were being a bit indisciplined and the moment uh, mrs ratanlal saw that you know she just felt that something has to be done to bring order so she just gets up and you know, given that she was an activist and a social worker you know she didn't need anyone's directions and suggestions to do this she just got up to the platform and there was the mic so she took the mic and she said you know all of you please calm down calm down we, we have to bring an order and all that so all of you sit here you sit there you know don't do this be disciplined so she goes and brings order to the place just instinctively so nobody asks her to do that and as she is doing that just fearlessly not even bothered about what swami would think or what anyone else would think and swami is looking at her quizzically and swami is looking at top to toe and and swami is not saying her anything swami is just watching the way she brings order in a matter of few minutes in 10 15 minutes everything becomes absolutely peaceful and once that happens she starts singing bhajan and she asks everyone to sing and she says let's calm down and let's chant his name and that's what she does and that is when swami goes out and gives darshan and that whole experience again was what a grand introduction of her to swami and swami to her and to all the people about who swami and she are so that is how that morning went and in the evening there was a darshan Uh, which was scheduled in the Shanmukhananda Hall. This was the second day of Bhagwan's stay in Mumbai, 1966 June. And now she tells her husband, "You know what? You should come with me. You should come to see the Sai Baba." And her husband says, "I am not coming." She didn't know what to do. In those days, especially, you can't be that assertive with a husband who is just not willing to listen. But to her good fortune, her mother-in-law always took her side. so in the presence of her mother in law she tried to tell her husband that you know what it's not as if you don't come with me to so many places if you don't like anything you know you come back you just come with me and if you don't like sitting there you get up and just return i will make my own arrangements and return later but you have come with me to so many places so many holy places we have met so many holy people what's your reservation why can't you come just for my sake and somehow she has her way through and her husband comes even though her husband was a very strong personality but somehow she convinces him so they both come to the shanmukhananda hall and uh, because of her husband's uh, stature in the society you know the moment they see him they will put him in the first line so she says uh, to her husband that you know is better you sit behind you sit somewhere you know 
where no one will see you so that even if you want to return at any point in time you want to get up and come back you can silently do that without disturbing anyone so husband goes and sits behind and in fact there were two ales in the shanmukhananda hall the main ale where all the decorations were made and where swami was supposed to come and there was another side ale which was generally not used much so husband goes and sits along that side ale because he didn't want to be noticed and uh, so they settle down and after a while swami comes and swami is that jubilant beautiful self and very interestingly swami does not take the main ale and swami goes to that side ale and everyone is so surprised no arrangements were made for bhagwan to come on that side there were no floral arrangements made or anything but swami wants to go that side so swami goes there and now mrs ratanlal's eyes were more on mr ratanlal than on swami because she was wondering now what will be her husband's reaction because you know swami is going that way now this man didn't want to even see swami didn't want to have anything to do with swami but swami is going that side so what is going to happen to him so she was very concerned and as she is watching swami is going down that ale and as swami is doing that suddenly she sees that when swami nears mr ratanlal and swami leaves the place suddenly mr ratanlal just gets up he's almost like something happens and he springs on his seat so six inches he just jumps on his seat and something happens to him and mrs ratanlal sees that something has happened because after that when she looks at his face there are only tears he's just crying and crying i mean he had never seen a husband crying like that her husband is just a sea of tears and she knows that something has happened after that of course bhagwan goes to the stage and bhagwan gives a discourse it is in telugu and not many people understand what bhagwan is telling even the professor kasturi was trying to translate to the best he can given the torrential flow in which bhagwan's discourse was flowing professor kasturi also was not able to do justice in those days discourses used to be so vibrant so full of energy and swami would be like ganga flowing the ganges of wisdom and professor kasturi would to try but so so many people found it difficult to even understand and especially because they didn't understand the south indian telugu and uh, mrs ratanlal was constantly looking at her husband there was something even though he did not understand what bhagwan was saying and in fact mr ratanlal was already in some other world something had happened deep inside so the program was over swami gave a discourse then aarti happened and swami retired and now all people were returning and that is when they come out of the hall and uh, now something untoward had happened in fact that day they had come to this venue in a new car in fact mr ratanlal had bought a new car and he was very fascinated with all these new gadgets so in this new car there was a new music system and you know he had fitted this car with many new features and he was very uh, particular about them and you know he always loved to play around with them but to his utter shock when they saw the car went to the car he saw that the car has been damaged someone has broken in and the car was in shambles and all the new music system and everything has been taken away from the car and the car was in absolute ruin mrs ratanlal says what was most shocking to her was the reaction of mr ratanlal on any other day if something like this would have happened mr ratanlal would have just blown his top you know he would have just gone crazy he would have made a million phone calls and you know tried to catch the culprits or whatever but on that day for some mysterious reason he was so cool he was so calm it was 
it was so different i mean it was absolutely not what mr ratanlal was whatever she has seen of him for all those years he just said it's okay he just said you know what let's just get two taxis uh, he says to his sister that you take your daughter and you leave generally mrs ratanlal used to travel with his sister in law and mrs ratanlal says no no today you're going to travel with me so he calls another uh, taxi and they just go home in those two taxis and during that ride he just asks questions you tell me about baba you tell me about who this baba is and mrs ratanlal says i even i don't know i have no idea and he insists no you have to tell me you have to tell me i have to know about this person and she says i don't know even i am just coming to know about him but she says there's one thing that has happened you know what you know every morning i do this puja and during the puja i always dress up bhrigu maharshi you know the sage bhrigu i always dress him up in white clothes but i don't know last 6 months whenever i change his clothes and i give him a bath and you know i whenever i dress him up something happens and suddenly i see a orange hue on his clothes i don't know why the white always transformed into orange and i used to see all these hues of orange on bhrigu maharshi but i never knew what it was in fact his whole being used to convert into orange i never understood what it was and also you know what last 6 months whenever mr and mrs atal they came to our home and whenever they saw me you know they used to see my earrings and she used to wear these huge diamond earrings and they used to say hey we can see baba can you see there we can see baba on your ear top so they used to always say that you know they had seen swami they had seen they can see baba on my ear tops that's what they used to say i don't know you know this is all this mysterious thing that has happened in the last 6 months and whenever we do bhajan on every tuesday they used to do bhajans and kirtans and mr and mrs atal used to say that baba came baba came did you see swami did you see swami so mrs ratanlal says this is all i know this person somehow has been coming but i have no other idea about who this person is you know i used to think she used to think must be some swami you know is trying to do something but he had no idea that oh my god he's god and he's so adorable and he's someone whom you can connect at such a deeper level and she says that she was always very composed but it was one moment of seeing swami when she just broke down because she just felt that something inside broke so that is how she shared about how that light that came to her has been coming to her for so many months for 6 months and mrs ratanla now says that we have to know more about him and he, in fact there are lot many things that happened in that same trip sami after he enters into their lives in the form of this beautiful light as i said first the light enters into you and once the light enters into you what happens well i think we will continue this in the next time the time is up but there are very very fascinating things that happen in their lives physically mentally psychologically spiritually and way swami takes them on their journey as i said the journey of the light is in me to you are in the light to you becoming the light so that is the very enlightening journey of mrs ratanlal and as we listen to her story and as we listen to how swami shaped her to becoming that exemplar devotee that fantastic servitor you know there are lot of lessons that he silently was giving to all of us and we will ruminate on those lessons more as we go on in this program so dear listeners please join me 
next week same time on outside inside deep inside you know and let's listen to this sai bhagavatam of how swami created this ratan ratan means a gem you know how swami created this priceless diamond then we will know how only when you dye your mind swami says that you know you can become a diamond of the lord and how this dyeing of the mind can happen and how swami makes that in our lives so we'll go on in this journey in the next episode of outside inside deep inside thank you so much for being with us for this beautiful if you have any queries or comments dear listeners as always you can write to listener@radioside.org if you want to write anything personally to me you can write to bishu b i s h u bishu at radiosai.org so let's do this satsang together let's move on this journey on this enlightening journey of becoming one with the light thank you so much sairam prema swarupulara embodiments of love shanti ni lopalu unnadi kaani bayate ledhu peace is within not outside outside no peace only pieces sairam You just heard an episode of our radio program Outside Inside Deep Inside This was a segment of Radio Sai's Thursday Live hosted by Bishu Prashti and today's episode was first broadcast live on 8th March 2018 Dear listeners we hope you like this program please send us your feedback by either email or whatsapp our email id is listener@radiosai.org and our whatsapp number is 9393 258258 thank you and loving sairam from prashanthinilayam